0: There are times in human development that are sort of smooth, quieter times of development where the child or the individual is just learning, just kind of moving forward. And then there are times of sort of uprising or unrest. Toddlerhood is neither one of these. Toddlerhood is an explosion. It's an explosion of thought of new behavior, of new emotion, of new understandings, of uh, exploration. We call it autonomy versus shame or doubt, or independence versus doubt or fear or embarrassment. And we really want the toddler to have a sense of autonomy. And in this post-COVID world, that's even more difficult. COVID caused us to close in. And some families are doing a good job of getting back out more, but we see more and more kids whose only pastime, whose only activity post-toddlerhood is video games or some other electronics. is an important time. I've got some thoughts, stories, and ideas. Hi, I'm Scott Brown. Come talk to me. So when we talk about toddlerhood, we're going to talk about a few different uh, parts, right? We, of course, have to include potty training. We're going to talk about this kind of dichotomy between safety, which is so important, and autonomy. We're going to talk about cognitive development or thought development. And we're going to talk about discipline. And the theme throughout all of this will be that theme of autonomy, that theme of how do we foster a sense of independence, of um, ability to do, an ability to reach the doorknobs or talk on the phone or run the machine or whatever kind of thing, push the right buttons on the tablet or these kinds of activities, the the ability to climb, the ability to build, the ability to draw. We want to foster all those senses of independence or autonomy. And that's going to be a theme throughout this. And of course, in toddlerhood, if you talk with many parents, one of the big issues, of course, is potty training. And quite frankly, most parents get to that spot and it's a big deal. We make too big a deal out of it. By and large, if a child gets potty trained somewhere before three years of age, we're in great shape. Even if they don't, quite honestly, and they're just getting potty trained right before they head off to preschool, that's probably fine too. We don't need to make it a big deal. We don't need to judge our parenting by it. I know one woman with whom I spoke took great pride that her children had all been potty trained well before age two. Well, that's great, but It's not as though it's a tremendous predictor of happiness at age 35. So we may make too much out of it. When we think about it, before we start, we would like to see some bowel and bladder control from the child. And what does that mean? Well, that means that maybe they... Uh, sleep for a couple of hours uh, in a nap and have a dry diaper, and that begins to become a more regular thing. Or they have a dry diaper after playing for two or three hours. Or maybe they have a bowel movement at about the same time every day and not as often at night. These are indications of bowel and bladder control. at some point, the child is ready when you see some of that, and they can use a potty chair, they're physically able to use a potty chair. And then you begin to teach them, of course, in all the standard ways. You uh, take them in, you have them sit, you have them sit there during their potty time. And if they potty, great. And If they don't, great. And if they have an accident, well, you don't make a big deal out of that, of course, but You clean them up and say, okay, let's go sit on the chair again. And we go sit, even though we just had an accident, and eventually they begin to learn. And of course, um, you congratulate them and praise them as they learn. It's a tremendous positive thing that they're doing. Talk about them being a big boy or a big girl. I know with our daughter, one of the things that worked very well for her was getting Disney princess underwear because she didn't want to mess those up. So that really contributed to potty training. Um, With uh, our boys, of course, we begin to talk about big boy and becoming a big boy and how great that you're such a big boy. Now we can go here, we can go there, and we don't have to worry about diapers. And The key element, though, that often... Plays a factor for children is the social sort of uh, af- aspect of it, wherein they're around other children who are potty trained. They really begin to notice that. Um, you can even talk about that, not in a shaming way, but just in a general sort of way. Or if they want to have friends spend the night, or they are invited to spend the night at a friend's house and they're not fully potty trained, say at age five or six or seven, well, that really can get their attention. A lot of people have success with the alarms Uh, they uh, clip to the underwear and then there's a a vibrating piece or an alarm piece that that pins or clips to the shirt and at the first little hint of wetness the uh, alarm vibrates and makes a noise and it wakes the child up and they can go to the bathroom if they're having problems of course then we do things like restrict liquids late at night have them go and void uh, right before they go to bed. Wake them up once or twice in the night to go to the bathroom. But again, by and large, not something to worry about. If you're concerned, talk with your pediatrician. But By and large, kids get it. They'll figure it out. Um, and if we're, if we're a little bit behind, it's really not much of anything to worry about. Something much more important to worry about is this notion of autonomy, especially when it comes to safety, right? So the toddler's walking and they're cruising around and um, they're uh, into things and they're lifting things and they're putting things in their mouth and they're throwing things and they're knocking things off of their tray at, at dinner or off of the table. The key element that we all think about is their safety. And of course, we want them to be safe and we safety. We childproof our house to keep it safe. And the rule I want you to think about when you think about this issue of childproofing your house is childproof your house for autonomy. Don't childproof your house from autonomy. Okay. So childproof your house, by taking care of sharp corners and anything that could hurt the child or burn the child or any of those sorts of things. But we want the child to have a lot of free reign in the house. We want them to be able to go places and explore things and do things, come into rooms where you are and those sorts of things um i know there were plenty of times where i'd be working on something and have papers spread about and one of these kids would come and <laughs> drag papers off the table or off of a desk that really needs to be okay you don't want to yell at them you want to support this and to further that autonomy we like things like travel and picnics and hikes and giving them small chores that they can handle um Uh, Our our grandson uh, has his own cooking kit at our house. And so he gets up on the chair and he stands with Nana as she's at the counter making noodles or cooking, whatever else. And he helps her cook and makes a tremendously wonderful mess. I think the latest creation was uh, red and green tomato soup. And I it wasn't soup. I don't even know all that it had in it, uh, but he had a tremendous time making it. So those sorts of things to foster autonomy, even silly things, right? Wrestling is with a lot of gentleness with with your child or um climbing with your child again in a very protected, safe kind of way. Anything that gives the child a sense of I've got this right? I've got this. I'm handling this. I remember walking in, uh, in our little town um, and the boys were very young. So I think they were probably six and three. And uh, so the youngest was, r- you know, right at the end of toddlerhood maybe, or maybe they were even closer to five and two. And we're walking along and there's a little wall, uh, maybe I don't know, two, two and a half feet up um, off, off the sidewalk there. And of course, uh, the boys climb up, the oldest one first, but his little brother followed him right up and they're walking on top of the wall. My wife, who had only, you know, we had only raised a daughter up until uh, eight years before the boys were born, um, said, why, why, why do they do things like that? And I said, well, babe, they hear the music. And she said, what music? And I said, the boy music. And she said, "And well, what does that sound like? And out of nowhere, I hummed the theme to Raiders of the Lost Ark, which has become an ongoing family sort of joke or story uh, for us. But children do hear the music, and when they hear the music of exploration and adventure and building with Legos or whatever, else, blocks or whatever else, drawing and running and going on adventures or hikes or picnics these are vitally important and we really want to make the most of that cognitively cognitively children enter into what we call pre-operational thought um, in pre-operational thought language explodes and we really want to really want to support that we want books we want stories we want pictures with stories we want to teach them words uh, we when they pick up on a new word we want to reinforce that um, they begin to think symbolically excuse me uh, they begin to think in terms of symbols and be able to uh, say okay i can use this word to represent this object, right? So block here, blue block, great, right? Beginning to use words to to symbolize objects. Um, We still have a real element of concrete thinking in terms of we would much rather say to them, don't touch the stove, or don't touch the fireplace, rather than don't touch hot things. Don't touch scissors, rather than don't touch sharp things thought at this age is dominated by how things look not by how things are so for example if i have two containers that have water in them and the water is higher than in one container than the other then they will think that's the container with more water even if the second container is much wider around and so that's why the water is not as high up in it they sometimes you'll see signs of animism they will think that objects can have feelings or thoughts or be sad and of course has more by and large a projection from them or they project their feelings onto the object perfectly normal and during this time as i mentioned before again we want to stimulate 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 right we want books and we want things to build with draw with we want movies that help us learn and have fun and and that we can enjoy we want to go on adventures and we want to call things adventures and we want to give them jobs on our adventures here you carry this part of the of the what we're we're taking on the picnic and that's your job Um, we want to go on hikes and walks and um, we want to give them um, opportunities to try new things and try new foods, even foods they don't like. We just laugh about it. We don't make a big deal about it, but we try new things and we get playful with it and excited about it. We want them to be playful and excited about life in a sense that life is an adventure, not something to be ashamed of, not something to be afraid of, but this great and wonderful adventure. And I cannot emphasize that enough. I cannot emphasize that. At young ages, we took the children everywhere from the zoo to Disney World to um, Colorado to uh, on picnics and um, uh, walks and uh, nature walks and just anything we could think of to get them out and about and doing things and having to be a little bit responsible. Really, you know, responsible might mean hold daddy's hand make sure you hold daddy's hand while we're in here. Uh, that, that very sort of thing. And then finally discipline. Now remember toddlerhood, we say runs from about age one to about age three. And so early in that, especially, we still want to do a lot of distracting, a lot of redirecting, um, not much yelling or anything like that. Not even much real discipline. Maybe as we get, past age two and a half we get 30 months and beyond we can begin to use the word no we can set boundaries with them we can make it clear that uh, certain things are not allowed and that you know they might get a toy taken away if they're throwing the toy Uh, they might be told no if they touch something they're not supposed to they might um Have to go sit on the couch if they keep trying to touch the thing they were told not to touch. Um, You'll see when it's about time to do this because they'll let you know by their use of the word no. You'll hear no from them. And when they start to get that, well, that means they're getting it and it's time to start enforcing that, enforcing a few simple rules around safety and, and uh, what mom and dad have said, this is what you need to do. Uh, not, a, not a lot of yelling. Not a lot of yelling is valuable at much of any age. Um, not, a, not a big discipline push, just beginning to help them understand. I remember when our middle guy um, got about to that stage, and at one point he asked his mom for something, and my wife said, well, no, buddy, you can't have that and he looked at her and it was silent for a minute and then he burst into tears and he said you say me no and uh, it made him very upset that he had been told no and, um, and of course that's that's the beginning of learning about how that process goes remember the key for toddlerhood is autonomy adventure stimulation physically and intellectually Um, and if we do all that well then the toddler emerges from this stage into the next stage in a much calmer place, Um, a place of trusting themselves, a place of knowing that they can go and do in autonomous ways and independent ways things that they need to do. I saw a family last night at the gym with a toddler and he was working out with them of course, he wasn't doing much of a workout, but they were making a big deal out of his workout, and what he had to do, and lifting the weights, and doing the exercises. Well, see, that's a great adventure for him. Thanks for stopping in. I'm Scott Brown. Thanks for coming to talk with me. Dr. Brown is a licensed psychologist. This show focuses on general parenting advice. If you are concerned that your child might have a mental or emotional illness, please seek help. Your pediatrician's office is a great place to start. Come Talk to Me is by Priority Care Productions. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. To learn more, visit pcpeds.com or see the show notes in the episode description. Thank you for joining us and join us again next week for Come Talk to Me.